Welcome to the EAU podcast. In this edition, we have Professor Daniel Engler, the chair of the EAU guidelines panel for chronic pelvic pain, discussing important aspects in the diagnosis and treatment of chronic pelvic pain. Professor Engler, what exactly is pain? According to the International Association for the Study of Pain, IASP, Pain is defined as an unpleasant sensory and emotional experience associated with actual or potential tissue damage or described in terms of such damage. This implies that pain is in the end an output of the brain that can be the result of multiple predisposing and influencing factors. Chronic pain means that it is there for at least three months. In 19... 65. Melzack and Wahl introduced the gate theory and it is still helpful and valid. The most important aspect is that there is a gate at the level of the spinal cord through which the pain passes through. If this gate is closed, pain diminishes. It can be closed by sensory input from other areas than where the pain starts and from descending information coming from the brain. Functional MRI has given much useful information of the role of the brain in pain. The easiest way to say what our present knowledge is, transforming a sensory input into a behavioral meaningful output, that is how the brain works. What do I have to know about pain if I'm treating patients with chronic pelvic pain? Well, It is important to know that most of the time you will not find a defined cause for it. If you do not find a cause, do not repeat diagnostic evaluations such as MRI or cystoscopies because they are very unlikely to help in the management and furthermore may put the patient at risk of side effects and give the wrong signal. It may even lead to so-called nocebo effects. What is necessary to diagnose a chronic pelvic pain syndrome? The most important tool is taking history. Because chronic pelvic pain syndromes are symptomatic diagnoses, history is key in evaluating patients of all of the different pain syndromes. Specific disease-associated pelvic pain must be ruled out and red flag symptoms investigated by the relevant end organ specialist. Some patients can relate pain onset to an acute event such as surgery, sepsis or trauma, but for most it will be idiopathic. Burning is the commonest descriptor for neuropathic type pain, but crushing and electric are also used. Patients may report the feeling of a swelling or foreign body, such as a golf or tennis ball in the rectum or perineum. History taking should focus on the pain as reported by the patient. Keep well in mind that we cannot measure or image pain by any lab or imaging procedure. So we need to listen carefully to what the patient says he experiences. Some examples of questions that can be asked are Where do you feel the pain? When is it present? How would you describe the pain? Is it continuous or cyclic? Is there any radiation to other areas? It is good to be informed about when the pain started and if there was an acute phase at the beginning. 
you can further ask the patient about his own ideas of what might cause the pain and what he thinks needs to be done. What has been done so far and what were the results of that treatment is a question to get a good idea of where the patient stands within the process of living with chronic pelvic pain. If there have been attempts to cure the pain, this can help to get better insight into the experiences the patient has had. It may also inform you about pain mechanisms that have been addressed with or without success. Be curious in taking a pain history. Ask very precisely what has been done, how long, by whom, with what result and what the feeling of the patient about the treatment was. Complete the pain history by asking if there are other pain complaints like headache, back pain, pain after surgery or trauma. What factors are key to successfully treating patients with a chronic pelvic pain syndrome? First of all, it is paramount to correctly assess and diagnose the chronic pelvic pain syndrome. It is also important that you know the most important aspects of the nature of chronic pain and how it influences the life of the patients. It is important to explain these aspects also to the patient because the understanding can help him or her coping with the pain. Furthermore, it is an important part of the management of these patients that they are actively participating in the treatment process. It is also highly relevant to assess all the functional disturbances that are associated with chronic pelvic pain syndromes, such as micturition, defecation and sexual problems. The overall picture of the condition can then determine a phenotype which is influencing management. Because of the musculoskeletal and psychological problems associated with most of the pelvic pain syndromes, it is recommended to treat the patient in a team together with physiotherapists and psychologists. In addition, for many of the treatment options, there is some evidence of a relevant effect according to the phenotype. These can be used according to the EAU guidelines on chronic pelvic pain. What are the psychological aspects of chronic pain? Pain processing is complex as nociceptive pathway activation is associated with emotional, cognitive, behavioral and sexual responses that involve neural networks rather than distinct centers. Psychological processes affect supratentorial processing of pain, producing inhibition and facilitation of nociceptive signals, influencing their appraisal and interpretation and modulating the response and experience of pain. Functional MRI has indicated that psychological modulation of visceral pain probably involves multiple pathways that result from a persistent strengthening of synapses, so-called long-term potentiation, in response to patterns of activity. Psychological factors are relevant to the maintenance of pelvic pain as beliefs about pain contribute to its experience and symptom-related anxiety and central pain amplification may be measurably linked. The various mechanisms of CNS facilitation, amplification and failure of inhibition 
mean that there is no simple relationship between physical findings, pain experienced and resulting distress and restriction of activities. Thank you for joining Professor Engler for this episode of EAU podcast on important aspects in the diagnosis and treatment of chronic pelvic pain. For further information on the EAU guidelines on chronic pelvic pain, please visit our website www.euroweb.org forward slash guidelines. Further podcasts will be posted regularly on EAU guidelines topics. For more EAU podcasts, please go to your favorite podcast app and subscribe to our EAU podcast channel for regular updates.